Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. I am um, I'm back in rigor right now because well we um, we had to leave due to some interesting emails that we received and uh, yeah got got a call and we were told to just get out of dodge while we can and we did we're gonna go back though because well you can't keep me away from um, from a war zone for long after all my job is to report on all the all the happenings here but I'm safe I'm safe now. And uh, hi to all the new listeners who joined us after listening to our interview with Dan Carlin. And I'd like to apologize beforehand since, well, I got some criticisms about this episode. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry that it, it might not turn out as great as I had expected it to. But that day I was I was just spending my whole day up or running about and then four hours with the presidents and we started recording super late. So, um, actually, kind of, you know, it's, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. But it's still much better than than what was the worst case scenario since, well, yeah, if I sound extra tired on that one, I hope I don't, then, well, that's because I was tired. But we have we have some interesting things to talk about on, on today's episode. For starters, yeah, it's, um, it's funny because Igor Girkin, while I was away in Ukraine, managed to, managed to block off some things... Uh, you know, from, from my access, but I found him, I found him. Turns out that although he is personally banned from YouTube, he now operates on Vkontakte, and I got him there, and we also have his Telegram channel. And it was interesting, since yesterday when he was doing a live stream, which I watched, he managed to state that he has reports from the ground in Donbass, that there's a massive mobilization there. Although Russia itself doesn't want to mobilize, apparently... The people in Donbass are really, really worried that they may actually lose this war, and the population is being forced to take up arms. And Igor Girkin himself stated that uh, apparently people who people who haven't held uh, held a gun in their arms for their whole lives are being mobilized, and that includes university teachers, uh, IT guys, like everyone. So that happened um, a day ago, a day ago when we got the reports, and today at um, at eight a.m. Apparently, a massive, um, massive battle for Donbas. It has finally begun, which kind of makes sense also about why I was said to to leave. Since, well, basically, um, I was told I'm I'm not safe. 
So we'll, we're going to talk about uh, that battle and then some other news. And to all of you new guys here, uh, if you if you want to just follow through this or in, in its totality and what I've been, what I've been doing, just go back to the episode war in war in Ukraine episode zero and start listening from there. The episodes are mostly mostly short, and then we discuss things. And then if you like if you like those shows, you can um, you can then just listen to our historical episodes as well. But uh, today, I suppose we have to talk about the reigniting of the conflict, as it was basically somewhat peaceful for the last week or so, kind of ish. There there were. There were just clashes and skirmishes, but it wasn't it wasn't like neither side advanced that much. Now I have something different. More important thing, by the way, before we get to Donbass is uh, the battleship Moskva. Apparently, the same one that uh, threatened the soldiers at Snake Island, and it was sunk by Ukrainian two Ukrainian Neptune missiles. Now it didn't happen as as quickly as it could have because. There's a there's a radius there's a radius in which um, Ukrainian missiles can shoot accurately, and the Russian side had apparently figured out that they have eliminated all of the all of the anti-ship rockets that Ukrainians had, and they weren't prepared. So their big ship and this Moskva this was the flagship of the whole Black Sea Fleet, and at some point in 2004 I remember Mr. Putin and uh, at that point Ukrainian President Kuchma. Yeah, they met on the ship. The ship also guarded the Sochi Olympics, and you know, as it it not it had not only not only uh, military functions, but it was a very representational ship as well. So it's a it's a big blow, and and Russian media have already started uh, yelling that this is some sort of evil and, and treachery and evil Ukrainians. The funniest part is that um, Mr. Peskov, the spokesperson of Kremlin, has actually stated that um, if <laughs> if Ukraine doesn't stop its aggressive things, they might actually declare war on Ukraine. And you know it's uh, kind of interesting because there are two comments: the one you can't have a mobilization without a, without a war, and two, well, you can't actually surrender in a war if you don't have a war. So, hey, maybe that's maybe that's a cop out. At any rate, this Moskva ship, just so you understand a bit from the military part, it was built in the 70s, and it was built in, well, in what's today Ukraine, and it was intended to be a part of um, part of ten ships which were deemed aircraft carrier killers. They, um, these ships of this class are armed with a lot of um, anti-air missiles and systems and a lot of anti-ship systems since the Soviet Union really couldn't, couldn't uh, produce aircraft carriers. They only have this aircraft carrying cruiser, Admiral Kuznetsov, who's, that's also nearly dead, but, you know, it could only carry a few, a few um, airplanes because... The Soviets and after that Russians never focused on the aircraft carriers, so this is this was their kind of their counter. This is the biggest um, biggest ship in the Black Sea fleet, and it's a major win for Ukrainians. Now, as this ship entered the ranges of um, Ukrainian anti-ship missile systems, it got struck twice by two Neptune rockets, and but apparently didn't sunk instantly. It it managed to scuffle its way to the port, but the damage was so extensive that it uh, at the end it, it did. Uh, did drown or submerge or I don't know the precise military term for when a ship goes over. over. However, the Russian media has also obviously stated that oh, it was just a, at the beginning they stated that this was just a localized fire that nothing important happened there. You know the usual stuff. They tried to deny deny that any damage has been actually done by Ukrainians, but then they kind of figured out that uh, hey, if um, if we keep telling people that it was just us and accidents, 
that uh, destroy the ship, they, the people might start believing us because no matter how you spin it, losing a major vessel like this one, it, it is a major blow to, to diplomacy and, and to, to reputation. So yeah, uh, the most believable version is the one that Pentagon and after that Russian military analysts also confirmed that the ship was struck by two, two missiles and, and then it kind of scuffled a bit, but in the end it also, also drowned. What's the important part is that Russian opposition media have now portrayed this in an interesting light, since this is a huge military catastrophe and it's a, it's a very expensive ship. But previously, if you remember, when on the submarine Kursk in the year 2000, or, or thereabouts, 128 um, people died, then it was a massive tragedy and everyone spoke about this. But currently, Russian media are denying any losses, although we know that we know that the crew of the ship was about 560 people, and out of whom 218 are confirmed safe. So we know that not everyone on the ship died, but I highly doubt that um, that that it's it's so safe and neat as everyone says. The casualties could, could the casualties potentially could reach over 300 people on this ship, and according to reports that I've received, this includes the ship's captain. And right now, Shoigu and everyone is just trying to trying to hide the losses and everything, and at the same time, Russian propagandists in the media just don't know what to think about this. Either way, either way, this looks great. This looks great for Ukrainian troops and Ukrainian soldiers, and it's a, it's a success of theirs, and they're just using every means to, to fight this conflict. But hey, this is the first real thing that the Russians can, can't really hide. After all, that's the flagship. So, about the assault. Well, apparently... Well, I'm waiting for some news to be updated. Info's coming in. But so far, we know that there's been a mass mobilization in Donbass, like I told you before. Apparently, there are some protests, too, and uh, some people who have been forcibly mobilized over there have been brutally beaten up, which is uh, pretty bad. Currently, what we have 100% reported with videos and that I can attest to is that a tank column that was moving out of Donetsk to assault the Ukrainian armed forces, has been destroyed. Also, I have information about how exactly did the rockets actually hit that um, Moskva ship. Um, yeah, this isn't taken in one take, uh, just so you know. That's why it's a bit dishueled. But um, apparently, a Bayraktar drone had flew flown in in uh, that, that Moskva ship's Moscow. Uh, big ship's kind of radar zone and had focused its radar and drawn attention away from the two missiles that that ship just ignored. And today, again, we have confirmed news that there are, there are battles happening in Donbass. And, yeah, another Russian tank column has been destroyed because the morale of Russian armed forces, and in this case, it's not even just Russian forces, it is the, the so-called so -called Donetsk and Lugansk People's Republics, which were created by, well, again, my good old source and friend and enemy and the person that I hate the most, Igor Girkin, a.k.a. Strelkov, who used to lead these places and who, would, who has openly stated that without um, Russian weaponry and Russian mercenaries, nothing would happen there. So now they're literally recruiting the locals who, well, aren't the biggest fans of the whole thing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To um, be basically cannon fodder over there. But, you know... Approximately today, tomorrow, we will know more about this whole situation because, once again, I have to focus my show less on surrounding news but more on prime military strategy. At this point, from the 24th of February, by the way, according to United Nations in this conflict, mind you, because now we're moving to uh, other news of today, 2,072 civilians have died in this war, 2,818 have been wounded, and uh, 169 kids have been killed. And those are just the official data without, um, without any confirmation really about other losses. And uh, Belgorod governor, once again, by the way, have stated that uh, accordingly Ukraine has shot at Belgorod city and that there are some, some damage there, but we can't really confirm that. Russian ships in the Black Sea, apparently, have moved away from the coast of Ukraine on about 200 kilometers, which is around 160 miles, which is just just interesting, because now, now obviously, Russians are extremely wary, uh, so as to not lose more ships. The um, automobile concern Stellantis, because of the sanctions, has also closed down its factory in Kaluga, where Citroën, Opel, and Peugeot cars were being gathered. And um, this basically means that currently in Russia, only two working automobile factories uh, have remained. One of them is Vaz, which have cut off their, their produce, and, and they're, they're functioning by about, by about 30% already. And the Chinese Haval, which are also kind of functioning there, but it's definitely going to be going to be weird. And uh, yeah, the Russian Federation banks have not yet returned to the active trading in foreign currencies, because, um, well, you can apparently, if you're a, if you're a not a private person, but if you're if you're a business in Russia, you can now buy dollars and euros, which is higher than the one that you can see with you google it up by about 30 35 percent i i can continue saying this because this is one of the criticisms that i get on my show is that some people just google up united states dollars to rubles and they seek a course which is like 79 rubles per dollar and they think that's a real one the problem is that uh, you can't you can't really because um because it's it's illegal and um even those who want to do that they're being severely limited. So that's kind of um, interesting. Also, Yandex, Yandex through uh, a Russian Google analog, Google competitor that used to be pretty big, he has now 
well, Yandex, if you if you Google anything in Yandex, Yandex now blocks all um, all links to independent independent media and its search. So now if you Google something up about the war and disinformation in Russia, you can only get the state's state information because, yeah, they're trying to cut down on everything because apparently, according to Alexander Nevzorov, about 90% of Russians are not informed about this war I, and they don't know what's um, what's happening there at all. So, hey, we live in some sort of an informational bubble thing and I'm really happy that I have my own ways of getting sources and information. And I'll be informing you about how this war goes and operates. And and yeah, we what we also have been planned is that um, I had an interview planned, and this would have happened if it wasn't for the war, and we we wouldn't go to Ukraine. And it's not going to be about war or anything like that. It's not going to be a military. See, um, I listened to a science show and science and futurism because I'm a huge sci-fi nerd, and and there's this uh, channel on YouTube and on um, on Spotify. And everyone else, basically. It's also a podcast called Event Horizon. And it's it's made by John Michael Gaudier. And uh, I'm a huge fan of, of his show because after all these all these days at war and everything, yeah, I have to have to fall asleep somehow. So um, then I listen about space exploration and the possibility of uh, of life on Europa. And, you know, astronomy is one of my hobbies. And one, one thing, though, is that I've, I've lost my... I lost my telescope while I was moving, which is really sad. I really wanted to take that one with me. But anyways, we had an interview planned because finally I, I managed to reach out to the person. I also listened to Isaac Arthur too. And we had an episode about the Soviet futurism. You know, how, how the Soviet era people were looking at the future. What, 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 what were our dreams, you know? Like uh, how in the 1960s in the Soviet sci-fi and, and the media, people would look at the year 2000. Now we live in the year 2022. And how was this view of the socialist future, of the Soviet future, different from the West? And I'm recording that on the 25th or 26th of April. It's going to be a nice convo. It's, um, I hope that you won't mind. That's, that's why I'm warning you, because I need to take a break from all the war episodes a bit just to get my mental health back in order. So, warning you about that. Maybe you like it. I hope you will. If not, if you just want to listen to the war news, I'll, I'll manage to pull in another news episode then. I just, you know, arrived at home and I'm figuring all this stuff out. Um, yeah, and if, if please, please remember, happiness is mandatory, and I'm still a bit stunned because of everything, and it's hard not to hear the silence all the time. But yeah, please, please support our show if you can. If you're on Patreon, that'd be very nice. Patreon.com/slash/TheEasternBorder. It's on our Twitter. It's on our Twitter page on our on our web page. There's this Patreon button that'll take you there. You can also just click on the donate button in uh, theEasternBorder.lv. And, of course, support Ukrainian charities. I recommend you Google up ComebackAlive.ua. ComebackAlive is the one that currently um, I'm, I'm endorsing because I've spoken with these people, literally, and I know how they deal with your money. And I saw also how humanitarian aid gets delivered into Ukraine. I have a small video about that on Facebook. And, uh, well, we'll get through this. Sorry that uh, this was a bit delayed. I just wanted Dan Carlin's episode to sit on the feed a bit longer, but I hope you'll find it. And I hope that, you know, we get through all of this in one piece. And once again, happiness is mandatory. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.